break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back on The Punch-Out here. Very happy to be back with you on the 20th of October, 2021. We've got plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about the very serious dangers of air pollution here in the United States that are still ongoing. We're going to be talking about vaccine and, well, other drug maker Pfizer and the bullying tactics they've been using with many countries around the world as it concerns the COVID-19 vaccine. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to start with the ongoing humanitarian crisis in Yemen. UNICEF has marked what it notes rightfully is a shameful milestone this week. 10,000 children have been killed or injured in the Saudi-UAE-led war in Yemen. The news type People's Dispatch notes, quote, the latest UN figures state that a total of 3,455 children were killed and more than 6,600 wounded in the fighting in Yemen between March 12, 2015 and September 30th of 2021, end quote. James Elder, a UNICEF spokesman who just visited Yemen, noted, quote, I returned yesterday from a mission that took me to both the north and south of Yemen. I met scores of children, many inspiring, all suffering. I met pediatricians, teachers, nurses, all shared personal stories that mirror those of their country. They are on the brink of total collapse, end quote. In that regard, People's Dispatch also noted that, quote, four out of every five children are in need of humanitarian assistance, an estimated 11 million children. 400,000 children suffer from severe acute malnutrition, and more than 2 million are out of school. Another 4 million are at risk of dropping out. More than 170,000 teachers, almost two-thirds of all teachers in the country, have not received salaries for over four years, a direct result of the Yemeni economy collapsing due to the war. The economy has witnessed a fall in GDP by over 40% since 2015, According to Elder, that's the UNICEF spokesman, more than 1.7 million children are now internally displaced due to the war. And also, according to UN figures overall, more than 15 million people lack access to basic sanitation, and over 80% of the population is completely dependent on international aid to survive. The UN notes that quite a bit of the problem in terms of food is not even the availability of food per se, but also the skyrocketing cost of food items in the context of a war economy. And the war is continuing to rage on at what is essentially a stalemate at this point. The war was started by the Saudis and the Emiratis with the backing of the U.S. and the U.K. in 2015 after the Houthi movement was able to gain power through its own mass support in an alliance with elements of the former ruling party of Yemen's longtime leader. However, the Houthis were deemed to be too pro-Iran and not compliant enough with the U.S.-led regional order, and the war commenced. The Saudis and the UAE assembled a ragtag group of various opposition forces in the country, most of whom were 
either very regionally limited or just had absolutely zero support, just parachuted in essentially by Saudi Arabia. They then bribed a number of countries like Sudan to send a huge number of soldiers to bolster the fight. And the U.S. and the U.K. have assisted on the air war side, which is operationally held up by the Saudis. And Saudi Arabia, by the way, has been caught deliberately bombing schools, hospitals, and farmland to create the maximum amount of suffering and use that humanitarian suffering as a weapon of war. But it has not succeeded and, as we mentioned earlier, led to a stalemate because despite all of this brutal waging of war, the Houthis have not been defeated and still maintain very strong support in many of the most populous parts of the country. They do have limited ability to expand their territory, though, because in the opposition are groups that have roots in the southern part of the country, and also Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula has expanded its writ in the country where it already had some roots in various regions. So there are some long-standing issues that prevent the Houthis from fully defeating the opposition forces. So more or less, as long as the Saudis and the Emiratis keep holding up those opposition forces with unlimited money, unlimited arms, and unlimited airstrikes with the backing of the West— the war essentially cannot end. It cannot be resolved. The stalemate grinds on and continues a situation that many have called the world's worst humanitarian crisis. And certainly that's something that the 10,000 dead and wounded children bear witness to. It's important to note, however, this is in fact not random. It's all completely deliberate. The war could end tomorrow if the right monarchs and the right imperialists decided to do so. But right now, they'd rather let the children of Yemen die and starve to maintain total control over the Middle East. Public Citizen has just released a new report detailing the bullying tactics used by Pfizer to, in their words, quote, silence governments, throttle supply, shift risk, and maximize profits in the worst public health crisis in a century. In Brazil, for instance, to receive any vaccines, Pfizer required the country to waive any sovereign immunity, to impose no penalties on Pfizer for late deliveries, to agree to resolve all disputes in the contract under a secret private arbitration governed by the laws of New York State, and also it required Brazil to broadly indemnify Pfizer for any civil claims against them. Even more as public citizen details, quote, the Brazilian government is prohibited from making any public announcement concerning the existence, subject matter or terms of the agreement or commenting on its relationship with Pfizer without the prior written consent of the company. Even in the United States, the agreement Pfizer made with the government around vaccines means the U.S. government can't make, quote, any public announcement concerning the existence, subject matter, or terms of the agreement, the transactions contemplated by it, or the relationship between Pfizer and the government. And by the way, that does include any announcement about the price per dose that Pfizer is charging the U.S. Public Citizen also notes that, quote, in at least four countries, they are required to indemnify, defend, and hold harmless Pfizer from and against any and all suits, claims, actions, demands, damages, costs, and expenses related to vaccine intellectual property. For example, if another vaccine maker sued Pfizer for patent infringement in Colombia, the contract requires that the Colombian government foot the bill. And just even wilder here, quote, this is from the report, Pfizer also explicitly says that it does not guarantee, that it does not guarantee that its product does not violate third-party intellectual property, end quote. So amazingly, Pfizer can actually steal someone else's technology, use it for themselves, and then make someone else pay for any damages that come from the technology that they stole, used, and profited on. It's bad enough on its own, but it's really just a gun-to-the-head kind of deal because countries need the vaccines that they're offering. And many of its contracts 
Pfizer also requires states to waive any sovereign immunity, which means they reserve the right to go after any state asset to settle a contractual claim if there's some dispute. And even worse, in some cases, like their contract with Colombia, Pfizer actually requires the country to exempt them from any liability if they fail to deliver the number of doses they said they would. So literally, they wrote into the contract terms that say they don't have to actually complete the contract for any reason at all. They, in fact, have sole discretion in that matter. So they could just find a more profitable buyer, send Columbia's doses there, and literally face no liability or accountability at all. And in a way, this isn't that much of a surprise, right? I mean, this is big pharma we're talking about here. Their brutal profiteering is well known, but it does just point once again to the true root behind vaccine apartheid, which has left much of the world even more vulnerable to the pandemic. And that is the for-profit nature of the modern pharmaceutical industry that at every turn puts profit before people. The Maryland Public Interest Research Group, or PERG, has released a new report that details that despite major improvements over the years, the average person in the United States is exposed to truly hazardous levels of air pollution. They note, quote, more than one in six Americans, 58.4 million, living in 53 large and small urban areas in rural counties, experienced over 100 days of air pollution at levels above what the EPA considers, quote unquote, good during 2020. And also that, quote, 179.2 million additional Americans, or more than half the country, living in 257 large and small urban areas in rural counties, experienced between 31 and 100 days of elevated air pollution. They go on to even further note that, quote, the 237.6 million people that experience more than a month of elevated air pollution represents over 70% of the U.S. population. This is, as you might expect, very bad. Because as the report details, quote, exposure to ozone and particulate pollution has been linked to premature death, damage to the respiratory and cardiovascular system, worsened mental health and neurological functioning, problems with fertility, conception, pregnancy, and birth, increased risk of many types of cancer, and harm to children. I mean, wow. (laughs) It gets worse. They go on to note that, quote, air pollution, including ozone and particulate pollution, can weaken the immune system and help airborne pathogens spread. Air pollution has been linked to increased risk of infection from and worse health outcomes due to many infectious diseases, including influenza, pneumonia, the common cold, HIV, AIDS, Ebola, and COVID-19. And of course, this is all being made worse by climate change. As the report lays out, quote, higher temperatures have resulted in increased ozone levels in multiple years in the last decade. Changes in weather patterns due to the changing climate are likely to increase concentrations of air pollution and to trap that air pollution near the ground, increasing exposure to unhealthy levels of pollution, end quote. And the report also notes that the increase in wildfires due to climate change is also making that situation worse. So not that you really needed it, but here's even more evidence that the fossil fuel economy and the impact of climate change is extremely serious and extremely dire, ultimately species threatening. And that change must happen to address issues around climate change, around our fossil fuel driven economy, ASAP. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. 
And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. Oh.